0: unfortunately santa claus did not deliver a dub to the houston texans What no chimney climbing what mm-hmm. happened cody Now look at all of that on today's episode of the locked on texas podcast christmas edition
1: you are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network
0: your team every day Welcome, 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 and Merry Christmas, Locked On Texan fans, listeners, if you was out there to this Monday episode, Christmas episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, I'm part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If this is your first time, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. I'm your Texas football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and of course, as always. Oh
1: man, bear with me, bear with me. Disclaimer, the Texans <laughs> played so bad today, I got sick. And uh, yeah, that's how bad it was. Cody M. Davis, your credential media member of Locked yeah. On Texans. And uh yeah, John, I was fine going in there, but Lord have mercy. Whatever the Texans had on the field, it traveled all the way up to the press box.
0: Yeah, oh, it was that bad. I know a lot of people were just sick of Amari Cooper torching this Texas oh, secondary franchise record and, 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 and Joe Flacco being being able to go out there and throw for over 350 yards on the day, just completely unacceptable from this Texans defense. But we're gonna look at today's on today's show, we're going to look at how everybody took an L. I had a whole plan to come dress up as Santa Claus if the hmm. Texans won this game. Hmm. But with everybody taking an L in the AFC South, uh, this played into the favor of the Houston Texans. So we'll close out with that. Should Davis Mills have started this game? If you guys remember last week, I, I said that I didn't think that Davis Mills and Case Keenan, I don't think that Case Keenan would have been much of a factor more in that game than what Davis Mills could have been. And I think coming into this game, Houston definitely uh, botched this this one. I thought Davis Mills should have gotten in the game way earlier. So we'll talk about that. But, mm-hmm. Cody, open up we're opening, we're opening up today's show looking at how the injuries impacted the defense and I think this team overall. Yes, sir. Look, the Houston
1: Texans last week I came on this show excited, healthy, talking about how that was the best defensive performance of the season. Seven days later, I come on this show sick, sick of the Houston Texans, that is. And um, they had their worst defensive performance of the season. The One thing I love about Coach D'Amico Ryans and his coaching staff, regardless of what goes on, especially during their lowest point of the season, I think we can all agree this might be their lowest point of the season. Coach D'Amico Ryans always take the blame. He said after the game, this one is on me. We knew coming into the game we could not give up those big players because one thing about Joe Flacco, doesn't matter what he's played throughout his career, especially during his time with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, he is known to be for a quarterback who can target his receivers with his deep ball pass And tip. I think it was the very first play of the game, Joe Flacco connected with Amari Coopers for 53 yards, and we knew right then and there that the Houston Texans were in for a long one. However, John, listeners and viewers, I want to give Coach Domenico Ryan and Matt Burt a pass because I think for the very first time this season, no, 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 for the very first time this season, this team finally ran out of gas with the next man up mentality. On the defensive side of the ball, you already came into this game without Will Anderson and Blake Cashman. And within the first two, three drives of the game, you lost um, Stephen Nelson due to a uh, foot injury. Jimmy Ward once again with a quad injury and Jonathan Grenard, I think, with an ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken. So that defense was depleted, and I understand there is no excuse for any team to give up 418 yards, 364 through the air. Um, Well, they still did good in the rushing attack, holding them to only 54 yards, but that was only because Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper was picking them apart. However, John, I understand you don't like excuses, but I'm giving a pass on this Sunday.
0: It's not that I'm going to give them excuses. It's just that, you know, coming into this game, I thought Houston should have changed their approach with the amount of zone uh, that they ran. I also thought that, you know, this was an opportunity for Houston to, you know, run some more man on on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I didn't like D'Angelo Ross, uh, you know, him having one-on-one opportunities with Amari Cooper. I thought that with how Derek Stingley has been playing and with Steven Nelson going out, he should have been on the top playmaker for that Browns offense. And, you know, we don't know if that was Joe Flacco or Amari Cooper, before Sunday, specifically, it was Amari Cooper who torched the Texans defense. He had himself a day, of franchise record, 265 yards, two TDs, uh, 11 catches on the day. So, you know, he was impactful. If you look at everybody else, David Njoku, a guy that I was worried about, Uh, Only six catches for 44 yards. Elijah Moore, two catches for 19 yards. Jordan Akins, two catches for 18 yards. Nobody else is really impactful for their Browns offense. Now, when you're going up against a hot hand, if I'm that quarterback, I'm going to make sure I continue to feed that hot hand in Amari Cooper. We've seen games like that before where just the wide receivers on point, you got to make sure you do everything you can to get him the ball. But I thought that it should have been from from the very beginning of that game. It should have been Derrick Singly following Amari Cooper, and I think everybody else could have been. I don't think the I don't think everybody else would have been impactful for that offense, which have which would have given Houston a better chance defensively mm-hmm. to kind of level the playing field, and, and that didn't necessarily happen. Also defensively, you know, kudos to the Texans' uh, run defense. Run defense again. They're playing style. But we got to mention this. Uh, Jalen Petrie was benched during this game. Steven Nelson went down, and and when he was on the field, I don't think Steven Nelson was the best. There's more issues now with Jimmy Ward and not only his health concerns, but his coverage concerns. And remember, San Francisco, he left San Francisco because his – Big thing was I wanted to go back to playing safety. San Fran had him playing a lot of nickel last year down in the box. And now it looks like that was a smart decision. I think Houston has a secondary DB uh, issue right now. They got obliterated because of that secondary, and it was unacceptable. I don't necessarily want to come on this show and have those moments where it's just like, you got to – and this is bad, and you got to – you don't want to have those moments. And quite honestly, we haven't had a lot of those moments this year. But I think what we're seeing now from the from this Cleveland Browns game is, number one, moving forward, the Texans need secondary help, specifically at their safety position. Uh, do I think Houston should just blatantly move on from Jalen Petrie at a stellar rookie year? Absolutely not. I'm not one of those guys but do I think that there could be an upgrade at that position that Petrie's already in? Absolutely. Do I think that Houston should look at maybe moving on from Jimmy Ward after this season due to his injuries and when he's on the field, his inconsistent play? Absolutely. So do I want to say that the injuries impacted the defense? I don't want to necessarily go that far because what got them killed was not getting the help from the sidelines, from the coaching staff that they needed on the defensive side of the ball. Now, flip side, we're going to talk about Davis Mills, should he have started. I feel the same way. A lot of people was worried about, well, will Bobby leave? What, if he leaves, who's in the – Bobby Slott, don't leave. I have not seen this offense get the help that they need from the sidelines in a very long time time. So should Davis Mills have started? We'll talk about that and what else the offense needed to possibly stay in this fight. Um, but overall, the 36-22 to 22 loss Houston suffered against the Cleveland Browns, a team that you would have wanted to see them win a game against because they're also fighting for a wild card spot. Every game now is a playoff spot game. And how Houston went out there and lost his game. It shows by two possessions, but this game was way worse than what it shows. Just shout out, shout out to Davis Mills. But we'll get into that on the other side. Welcome back, locked on Texans listeners and viewers out there. So you know, should Davis Mills have started, Cody? We, uh, Davis Mills, fifteen to thirty-two, one hundred forty-nine yards. Two TDs, no interceptions, a QBR of 71.6, a quarterback rating of 81.4. Flip side, this was in relief of Case Keenum, 11-17, 62 yards, 3.6 yards per, per throw, two interceptions, sacked three times, a QBR of 6.6, a quarterback rating of 31.6. Uh, at one point, there was an absurd, an absurd stat that well, it was Case Keenum didn't have a pass to travel over 10 yards or Houston went, like, seven possessions in a row with a pun or not being able to get points. The only points that came from Houston in the first half, remarkably, was from Damian Pierce on the kickoff return. And I like that they found a role for him to get him out of space and when he's hard to tackle. So of all the you know, noise that we've talked about, Damian Pierce, shout out to Frank Ross, who Frank Ross is a hot name on Twitter right now because of Shaq Griffin. Shout out to the coaching staff for finding a role for uh Damian Pierce. But should Davis Mills have started? Yes.
1: They're plain and simple. You know, there's no, there's no way around it. When I when I look at the performance of the defensive side of the ball, John, like I say in the first segment, I'm gonna give them a pass because they could not overcome injuries. And I want to give them a pass given the fact that they could not overcome the injury of C.J. Stroud, I think for the very first time the Houston Texans did miss C.J. However, I am going to put the offensive performance on the coaching staff, Demico Ryans and Bobby Floyd, only because I felt for a strategic plan. If you would have went throughout the whole week like you did last week, both quarterbacks can start. Both quarterbacks can start. Both quarterbacks can start. Shout out to our boy Aaron Wilson. Always breaking the news, by the way. But I felt if they would have started Davis Mills, I think that would have put the Houston Texans in a better position to compete on the offensive uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Only because from a from a strategic standpoint, the Cleveland Browns would not have had any type of tape and film to prepare for Davis Mills which means you were throwing him out there as a wild card. And I also think when you look back at last week's game against the Tennessee Titans, that also played in the Texans' favor. However, John, there was no reason why Case Keenum should have started this game. As a matter of fact, even if you wanted to start him after I think it was the third drive, but it went three and out, you should have pulled them at benched them right there. A lot of people on Twitter talking about how they love Coach Miko Ryans and Matt Burt to – hold Jalen Petrie accountable, I wanted them to do the same thing because by the time they pulled him and benched Case Keenum, it was already too late. I believe late. when Davis Mills got in the game, it was already down 36-7. to 7. This was a terrible um, offensive performance for the Houston Texans. And, look, they missed C.J. Stroud. And hopefully we can get C.J. back out there on the field next week.
0: You know, when I look at this game, Cody, first and foremost, I thought that Davis Mills should have been inserted into that game Without me being, you know, over overreacting and exaggerating, I thought at the very, at the very, you know, least maybe halftime. I thought after halftime, and I tweeted, maybe Houston comes out and they make a change. And I thought at that point the game was still in reach. You know, you got a whole half of football left; anything can happen. So I thought that they should have made a change then, but they did not. And I thought that that was a very stubborn move from the coaching staff. But I would say honestly. After that first quarter, Davis Mills should have been inserted as a starting quarterback to close out that game. I think that was and, after and
1: the third, um, the third three and out that they have some numbers. And thinking. I say
0: that because Case is just too slow. So last week, the Tennessee Titans was not, was not able to generate the amount of pressures the Cleveland Browns were able to generate. Now I know we see uh, three sacks here, six QB hits. Uh, uh, they were they were all in the face of of of, uh, of Case Keenum. I don't think that he was quick enough for this defense. I don't think his decision process was quick enough for this defense. I don't think his footwork and his feet decision was good enough for this defense. Fast enough for this defense. But also, again, I think a conversation can be had. How much of CJ's dominance was covering up for the mistakes or the lack of? From offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. First, first and foremost, uh, really, uh, what, what, what oh, was ahead, that Mills cat? I mean, that was terrible. What was what was the, what was what was the point of that? You're already in a playoff style game. You're you're clawing and fighting for, for every possession, every every drive. You need to win this game. You're going up against the number one defense in the NFL. Your offense is trying to establish a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And you pulled that out of the bag hmm. when you were, I believe, at that point you were on the, the 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 opposite side of the fifty. So you were not even in Brown's territory at that point. Mm-hmm. You had a struggling offense. You were not able to establish anything on the ground because of how down you got quickly. What was the point of that? And so, again, does Houston have limitations? Playmaker with playmakers. Absolutely. Uh, w- once again, I know we talked about this earlier this week, but I'm looking at the Texans. Uh, John Mimsy three targets, zero catches. Darre Ongbouwale mm-hmm. um, three targets, zero catches. Andrew Beck. They want to make sure they get the, the you know the uh, fullback involved in the passing game, and he's not that type of guy. Uh, but he wasn't you know not impactful. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, 18 yards, 14 yards again. Nothing from, nothing really from Robert Woods. So I know that this team doesn't have the the explosive playmakers on the outside, and I get that. But I saw on too many occasions where I'm thinking to myself, the ball play wise should be getting out of his hands. A quick three step drop, and that ball should be getting out of his hands. A lot of some of these five step drops or these long drawn out plays, it's not working for K. Two. The, the ball isn't going to travel far. His arm strength isn't there. The offensive line isn't up to par with what the Cleveland defensive line is bringing over that front seven. This isn't that type of game. So when I sat back and I'm watching, I'm thinking to myself, boy, they're not getting no support from the sideline from their offensive coordinator. And how many times, Cody, have I come on this show and said that? I said that last week, even in a win. this It's just not happening. So, I'm not calling for the for the for the man's job. I'm not saying Bobby Slug should be moved on from. But what I'm saying is internally, I think there's a discussion and conversation going on, maybe between players and, and who's really, you know, the balancing act of this offense moving and going, and you know how it's been going. But I don't think I've seen real assistance from the sideline from Bobby Slug since the Steelers game. Maybe that Buccaneers game but the one game that stood out to me this year was the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And I don't think we've seen that this year. He was able to neutralize that passing attack but was not able to do so today. And I and I and I understand that they wanted to go with Case Keenum but Case Keenum was not put in the best situations to succeed. Number one, because he shouldn't have been out there in the first place. And that was a stubborn decision that even coming out in the second half they stuck with. I I apologize.
1: No, no, you good. Really quick. I do want to say this. We had this conversation the week leading up to the Tennessee game, I believe it was on that Thursday show, where you and I sit here and talked about we're going to find out what Bobby Sloy is mm-hmm. as an offensive play caller. This I is think coming into this
0: Titans game, right? Because we mm-hmm. was talking about if it's if he moves on, who's going to be? And by the way, guys, Texans may be all right if he does move on, and if there's somebody in house Ooh. to say that. Oh, drop, drop
1: it, drop it. But um, look, at the end of the day, I think Bobby Sloy, Showcase that he's not ready to take that step forward, and it's okay because the one thing that I said going into the season, whether CJ, whether D'Amico whether Tankdale, whoever, especially Bobby Slowick, this is his first year as an offensive play caller, and at the end of the day, we are watching a coach go through the ups and downs of establishing himself. Mm-hmm. Now, that's fair. There's been moments. There's been moments throughout this season where I give him praise, especially how he has been able to work with his players and get them into the positions that. They like to be in. However, like I say, if I could if I could grade his play calling against the Titans, I would give him a C plus. But this one right here, this a straight up F.
0: Straight up and now. Um, I, I thought that and I like what you said. Um, he's he is learning his way. This mm-hmm. is new for him. And and again, I'm making my statements to say that there shouldn't be no conversation about Bobby's Lord moving on. Mm-hmm. He should return as Houston's OC next year if they'll have him, and I think they will. I think there's a good relationship there, and you want to see your OC grow with your quarterback. But I also just want to put a stamp on of how great C.J. Stroud has been for this offense, and how great Tank Dell had been for this offense, and, and 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 how important it's going to be to get C.J. Stroud back to close out these next two games because the Jaguars, the Jag frauds, whatever you want to call them, they took an L. The Atlanta Falcons who beat the Houston Texans early in the year. Well, Christmas came early for the Texans again because the Colts took an L and the Titans don't even matter. So everybody took an L. How does that play out in the Texans' favor? That's how we're going to close out the show. Don't go nowhere. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome back into this Christmas episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Before we close out today's show, as I mentioned, the Colts took an L, the Jags, Terrible. Uh mm, they mm, took a, mm. they, The Jags were the drag the, the Texans and the Jags were both gripping the sheets on Sunday. It was bad. I thought oh, I thought it was some slow jams pause, playing in the background. Pause, pause for them, it was, yeah, pause for them. <laughs> um but Houston has one of the next two games. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. They got the Titans Sunday. They got the Coast to end off the season. We've said on this show that I think. I think we both believe it will come down to the final game of the year. I think Houston still has a shot to win the ALC South. I think they still have a shot to sneak into the playoffs by winning a wild card. I mean, by getting to their wild card spot. But it's important that they win the next two games. And I don't think it's an understatement by saying they need CJ Stroud back in a bad way.
1: Mm. Uh, Really quick, I do want to say this. Since it's Christmas, you ever had that one Christmas gift where – You begged your mama for, your dad for so much, and they thought they had the right gift, but they ended up getting the knockoff version of it. I think that is definitely the Christmas present that both, that all three, the Texans, the Indy, and Jacksonville received. They wanted that PS5, but their parents (laughs) made a mistake and got them that PS2, and they got to act like they're happy with it because, look, you know what your parents used to say? If you don't like it, I'll take it back and you don't get nothing. You don't get nothing. All three you know what they got? They important. didn't even
0: get the PS2 today. They got the PS3, and that was a terrible game system. Mm. That's how bad the Sunday. No, the, 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 right? the
1: original with the what was it? The yellow light of death or the red light of death? Because remember, one of them had Xbox like a. Xbox had
0: the red dot.
1: So PlayStation Three had the yellow light of death.
0: <laughs> the the Texans, you know, on Christmas Eve when they let you open up one gift, mm-hmm. and you try to you try to look and see what the best mm-hmm. might be. You know, you try to feel about a box. And, that's what happened to the AFC South. Mm. Everybody thought they was going to get a chance. And then, boom, Joe Flacco revived his career. And then, boom, uh, Atlanta Falcons had made the switch at quarterback, and now Kyle, Kyle Pitts is scoring touchdowns, and that offense is mm. moving. And then, boom, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars is just not a good team. Uh, my man Wig from Locked On Jags is going crazy right now.
1: Mm. Trevor mm. Lawrence
0: is a Jag. Ironically, he's just a guy, and he plays for the Jags. So everybody right now, they under that Christmas tree, and now you know what they opened up? A T-shirt from Grandma. Hmm. It ain't, it ain't hmm. nothing sparkly about that. But thank you guys for checking out this Christmas episode. I know that you know it's important that you be with your family. I just want to say this. Thank you for this year to all oh, of our viewers, thank you so much listeners. Uh, y'all have made this year special for hmm. me personally. Of course, you know what else has been going on, but between hmm. Cody and myself, this may be the best Christmas as Locked On Texans host. Mm. And so you guys have gifted us every Monday through Friday, covering your team every day. Uh, so I just want to say thank you to you guys. Enjoy your family. Have a good time. And, and don't end up like the Jags or the uh, Texans or the Coats, where at the end of the game you're gripping the sheets.
1: mmm and as always, I'm your host Cody M. Davis, ladies and gentlemen. Rate right my performance. I think I had my Michael Jordan flu game moment. You know, right, we well, use not- better than Bobby it. Uh, and it don't take much if not, you know, I might have, you know, had like a LeBron James cramp moment where he got carried off, but it's okay. Okay, y'all let me know how the Paul
0: Pierce got
1: a doo doo moment, not the the Paul Pierce doo doo moment, man. But as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Like John say, man, thank you guys so much for rocking with us all year. We got some great things for you guys in 2024. Work does not stop, and we could we hoping we could continue to be one of, if not the best Texans podcast out there. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.